Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the December 1991 edition of the Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Edmund F. Ball, 33rd Degree, An Uncommon Man, written by Don Lavender, 32nd Degree. As Masons, we are pleased and proud to be associated with Brother Masons of exceptional ability and accomplishment. There is a tendency on the part of many people to assume the days of pioneering success in business are long gone. We conclude erroneously that men like Henry Ford, John Wanamaker, or J.C. Penney no longer exist. Some time ago, August 1990, I wrote an article for the Scottish Rite Journal entitled Ball Fruit Jars, which discussed the impact this enterprise had on our great country. As a result of that article, I've learned a great deal more about the Ball Corporation and the industrious Ball Brothers, all Masons, who founded and developed the Ball Brothers Company. Since about 1930, a major influence in that great corporation has been Edmund F. Ball, 33rd degree, and MJ, now the only male survivor of the Ball second generation. Following his graduation from Yale University, he assumed various responsibilities with the company, working up to a vice presidency in the glass division by 1940. Following World War II, he assumed the position of Executive Vice President and was a member of the Board of Directors. He was elected President in 1948. In 1956, he became Chairman of the Board and relinquished his position as President. In 1967, he again assumed the position as President and continued as Chairman. In June of 1970, he retired. Brother Ball's business career was interrupted by World War II, where he rose from Lieutenant to Major and served in the European Theater. One of his notable assignments was aid to General Mark W. Clark. Through the years, the company had been self-sufficient in producing its primary product, the Ball Fruit Jar. They had acquired their own zinc plant for making jar lids and their own rubber plant for making the jar's rubber seals. The rubber operation was sold in 1987. During the war, the company made zinc jackets for flashlight batteries as well as parts for 30 and 50 caliber ammunition. Brother Ball's character and ability were tested when he assumed responsibility for the company after World War II. In his own words, he describes the situation after the war. Here was a family-owned company with a fine reputation and a history of making money, but the plants and equipment were run down, badly in need of replacement, major repairs, and modernization. With a few notable exceptions, the organization was old and tired. He concluded there were four possibilities. Liquidation sale of the company as a going concern, merger, or continued operation with the intent of restoring progress and profitability. The board chose continued operation. Through Ed Ball's guidance, the Ball Corporation diversified by acquisition and internal development into several fields. In 1955, they bought a small electronics company, which, in coordination with their research division, became the Aerospace Systems Group, a producer of control systems and satellites for NASA. Another acquisition of the Jeffco Manufacturing Company put Ball Enterprises in a prime position as a manufacturer of beverage cans, 
That can division accounts for 62% of company sales today. The zinc operation continues to make battery cases, but also includes zinc penny blanks as the major supplier of copper-plated zinc penny blanks for the United States Mint. A plastic division makes plastic cups, as well as plastic parts and equipment for medical and electronic applications. Under Brother Ball's guiding hand, the Ball Corporation went from fruit jars to a diversified global operation, which today includes plants in 42 cities in 22 states, as well as Northern Ireland, West Germany, and Puerto Rico, with joint ventures in Canada, the People's Republic of China, and Taiwan. Annual sales exceed $3 billion, and the company employs 24,000 people. In addition to business operations, Edmund F. Ball is a man of many interests. Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana was once a financially troubled normal school that was rescued by the Ball brothers. Ed Ball was a charter member of the Ball State University Foundation. In 1963, he arranged to give his boyhood residence to the university. He is a member of the board of directors of Ball Memorial Hospital and was instrumental in expanding the hospital's capacity and providing a new nursing residence. His major philanthropic project in recent years is the Minatrista Cultural Center in Muncie. It is dedicated to preserve the history of central Indiana. In addition, Ed Ball was a charter member of the National Council for the Humanities from 1967 to 1973. He was also an organizing member of the Board of Governors of the Public Broadcasting Service, on which he served between 1972 and 1978. A wetlands area in northern Indiana has been preserved through his efforts in cooperation with the Nature Conservancy and the Tippecanoe Owners Association. It bears the name of Edmund F. and Virginia Ball Wetlands and was dedicated in 1985. Brother Ball's other interests include a ranch in New Mexico. Both he and his wife are licensed pilots. Ed has been flying since 1929. The two have logged over 12,000 hours and have flown to every state in the Union. In the Masonic fraternity, Edmund F. Ball has served in the Knights Templar I Foundation. His 60 years of membership have brought him a Knights Templar National Award for Citizenship, an Indiana Caleb B. Smith Medal of Honor, the 33rd Degree, and the Gorgas Medal of Honor in Scottish Rite Masonry and MJ. Edmund Ball's business philosophy is reflected in this quotation. The history of the world has turned on events that at times might have seemed unimportant. Luck, fate, circumstances have played their parts. Whims, personalities, temperaments, prejudices of individuals have all helped to weave the intricate pattern that becomes the tapestry of history. The same factors shape the destiny of a business enterprise. Far from being a faceless, soulless institution, a corporation is a living thing, the result of many events, the product of many who have played a part in shaping its destiny. And oh yes, they still make ball fruit jars. Brother Edmund F. Ball, and the F stands for Ferdinand, was born January 8, 1905 in Muncie, Indiana, laid down his working tools on September 30, 2000 at the age of 95, also in Muncie, Indiana, and is buried in the Beech Grove Cemetery in Muncie, Indiana. So one of the fun things about having so much documentation and articles on masonry is that occasionally I'll find something that actually updates or adds to an earlier podcast. And so this one here is called An Update on Ball Fruit Jars. This article is written by Edmund F. Ball, 33rd Degree. 
Brother Don Lavender, 32nd degree, article appearing in the August 1990 issue of the Scottish Rite Journal entitled Ball Fruit Jars prompts me to submit this update. All of the five original Ball brothers, Dr. Lucius L., deceased 1932, William C., deceased 1921, Edmund B., deceased 1925, my father, Frank C., deceased 1943, and George A., deceased 1955, were members of Muncie Lodge Number no. 443 in Muncie, Indiana. They were also members of both Scottish and York Rite bodies. My father, Edmund B., and Uncle George A. were both 33rd degree Masons, and I have also been so honored. Their sons, Edmund Arthur, deceased 1949, William H., deceased 1980, and Frank E., deceased 1936, were all members of Muncie Lodge and both Scottish and York Rite bodies. I am the sole male survivor of the second generation. Regretfully, none of their children, nor my three sons, are members of the Masonic fraternity. I believe the archaic fetish requiring a prospective candidate to ask to join is a barrier to membership that will eventually lead to the demise of our fraternity. In this busy world, few people are asking to join anything that requires dedication, uncompensated work, and precious time. They need to be invited to join and support the largest philanthropic and patriotic organization in the world. Estimated philanthropy between 2 and $3 million per day and almost $900 million annually. Why can't we make this great philanthropic undertaking recognized as such instead of meekly trying to defend it against those who, for purposes I fail to understand, seek to discredit and destroy it? Although my three fine sons know my dedication to the principles of masonry, they do not belong simply because they are busy with their own affairs and no one has invited them to become members. Now with that off my mind, a brief history and update on the Ball Corporation. By the end of 1990, following a number of consolidations and acquisitions, the Ball Corporation's sales will be in excess of $3 billion annually with global operations including 62 plants located throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, manufacturing packaging products, a major aerospace division, and other diversified but related industries. Ball Corporation now employs nearly 24,000 persons. And yes, we still manufacture and proudly sell ball fruit jars and other home canning supplies. This is a relevant story, I think, because it is a shining example of what can be accomplished within our system of free enterprise through hard work, dedication, and by building a reputation for integrity, quality, product service, and good employee and community relations, Ball Corporation has succeeded. Remember, the corporation was created by enterprising brothers who acquired a small container operation in Buffalo, New York in 1880 with $200 which they borrowed from a Baptist preacher uncle. This was the tiny seed from which the business prospered throughout its 110-year history. And through all these years, and in spite of its phenomenal growth, its reputation for integrity, compassion, loyalty, and faith has always been maintained. A recent public statement made by an executive of the corporation sums it up succinctly. In size and diversity, Ball Corporation today is far from the family-owned and operated glass business of our history. We continue, however, to embrace the same spirit of innovation, integrity, and family that sparked the success of the five founding Ball brothers. We will grow with these transactions, but we will not outgrow the values we have lived by in the past.
So again, this was a November 1991 update to that original article earlier in the episode. And if we come across more, we'll add those as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.